Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we will talk about all things OCD. For more information and to contact me with questions, you can go to www.coreresults.com. That's K-O-R-Results.com. Welcome to OCD Whisper Podcast Show. Today, I have a very special guest that's going to be coming on who I interviewed all about inference-based cognitive behavioral therapy. So I would love to introduce her. Her name is Catherine Goldhouse. She received her bachelor's degree with honors from Brown University and her master's from Boston College School of Social Work. She acquired her clinical training at McLean Hospital, Harvard Medical School's largest psychiatric affiliate. Um, of an inpatient unit and a division of anxiety and mood disorders. She also trained in OCD Institute, the nation's first and foremost treatment center for OCD, and uh, with Frederick Ardema, who is the creator and leading researcher of ICBT. Catherine is in private practice where she provides online therapy to adults with OCD in Maine, Massachusetts, and Florida. And she splits her time between a peaceful lake in central Maine and the sunny Southern California desert. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Show. Today I have Catherine Goldhouse, and I'm so excited to have her because we're going to be talking about all things ICBT, inference-based CBT. So we have some questions for you. We want to know what is inference CBT or IBT or IBA? There's so many names out there. Can you please tell us what is it? Sure. So ICBT or IBT is... um, it's a, I tend to think of it as looking at the story behind your OCD. So whereas ACT and ERP look at the behavior, this is about the reasoning process that you go through to arrive at your obsessions. Um, and so it looks at the story behind things and helps you understand how you arrive at the doubt that you did. What story are you viewing life through? that is impacting you and create and leading you to see things in a certain way. And how can we change that story so that your interpretation is more in line with reality? Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as you said that, like a couple of things that come to mind that I know very commonly for folks, there's some confusion Like when you're saying that part of what I know comes up is things like, well, am I going to be addressing some of the content of my OCD, right? Some of the um, kind of obsessions or intrusions that come up. Um, Like how is that different than kind of what you're describing? Yeah. So you absolutely do address the content. Um, So with, with ERP and ACT, there's this concept of intrusive thoughts, right? Like Mm-hmm. Everyone has these weird thoughts, and for one reason or another, with people with OCD, they they stick and they make meaning of them. ICBT has a different theory. The theory is that certain thoughts stick because you have an ongoing story that they sort of aggravate, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, I might see a beautiful woman and think that she's gorgeous and sexy and all the things, but you know, I'm not going to come to any conclusions about being a lesbian or whatever, because I am, I know my sexuality. It's not, it's not a source of, um, I don't have any stories going on in my head, Mm -hmm. but if I had another sort of tenuous way of looking at things, 
Um, for example, what's, what's something. So like for me, if somebody told me if that I indicated in some way that I was lazy, that would be a real sensitive spot for me. Mm. And so I would be very prone to hearing it in that way. So somebody could say something that implies or not implies that you're lazy and it might just bounce off of you, right? Because maybe it's not an insecurity that, that you have, or you don't have a history with being told you're lazy or something. But if I do, and that's a source of doubt for me, I'm going to hear that and it's going to be really upsetting. And I might even hear it, even if it's not the intended implication or even the implication at all. So the content does matter according to ICBT because it is these, it's about these stories that you have going on in your head. So they aren't just random. And so that's why you, whereas ACT and ERP, you, the thinking is you address the behavior and then the thinking will follow. With ICBT, it's the reverse. You address those stories, you address that, that line of reasoning, the way that you come to conclusions and then the behavior will follow once you sort of break that spell. Interesting. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot of different things and I'm sure for, for folks listening, um, you know, there might be the kind of this question, well, what's the difference? Because in act, for example, right. They talk about um, doing things that are valuable to you, right. Um, following things that are important and that OCD will attach to things that are important to you. But it sounds almost similar when you're saying about, you know, if I have a certain security in something for a variety of reasons, right? Maybe I, I grew up with that in my life or whatever other experiences have happened. And so it, it formed an area where, yeah, there's like a, my weakness, my insecurity, whatever, um, my, my kind of Achilles heel, right? That my OCD then will tend to be more, um, I guess, drawn to anything related to those topics mm -hmm. so can, can you say a little bit how, how how is that different from like the act concept of values and living you know values-based life um and connecting to your values and what's important to you versus here i mean it seems like it sounds kind of similar but it sounds like it, yeah. well, maybe it was a little different and again these are areas where i'm pretty sure you know people are gonna like yeah yeah totally. like how, how what's the, yeah what's the discernment so it is sort of based on the same idea that you have something that's really important to you that for one reason or another became an Achilles heel. And so both ACT and, and ICBT kind of hold that, that it comes from something important to you. The difference is what you do with that. So with ACT, you would say, okay, I really love kids. Being a parent is really important to me. Um, and the idea of being a pedophile would be really abhorrent to me. Okay, how can I learn to accept the uncertainty that maybe I'm a pedophile, maybe I'm not. But what I do know for sure is that I value family, I value being with kids, and I'm just going to have to live by my values regardless of those thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. With ICBT, it says, no, 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 no. let's you're not a pedophile. Why are we, why do we have to sit with that uncertainty that maybe you are, maybe you aren't? Let's help you realize that you have this vulnerability because you care, not because you might be a pedophile, right? And let's focus on that. And that will then change 
your behavior. So whereas act is like, just sit with the uncertainty and, and do it anyway. Sit with the fear and do it anyway. ICBT says, no, 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 let's get straight on things. Let's not sit with anything that's not true. And the behavior will then follow that. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure like that maybe you're aware of like going into this topic, right? This just like opens up a whole other slew oh, yeah. of things that people are going to have questions around. So I'm going to ask you because I'm pretty yeah. confident people are probably thinking them. Um, so one is um, like, wow, what what a different kind of thought, right? Because there's so much of the training and conversation is about embracing uncertainty, um, living with uncertainty. Uh, we live with uncertainty in many areas of life, right? But here you're saying, no, let's actually get certain. So um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between like, wh- what does that mean? Uncertainty, certainty, or doubt, or kind of what are, what are those sure. concepts that you're hitting on? Yeah, I can like hear the collective gasps and, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, certainty. Wait, what did she just say? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, the truth is we are certain about nothing in life, right? Like, yes, I don't know the sun's coming up tomorrow. I don't, I don't know anything, but I don't operate that way, right? I operate with what's called functional certainty. I, I choose certainty so that I can function in life. Mm-hmm. If I were to walk around accepting the uncertainty that the sun might not come up tomorrow, that would be a very different existence than saying, you know what, I'm going to round up and assume that it does. And I'm going to be certain, you know, functionally certain. So I think, you know, one could argue, well, isn't that just accepting that maybe you're uncertain and doing it anyway? And it's, no, it's not. Because true acceptance of uncertainty would say, I'm open to whatever comes and I'm going to stick to my values anyway. This is not that. This is saying, no, I'm going to choose certainty because I have no reason to believe otherwise. And it's absurd to believe otherwise. And I'm going to choose what makes common sense so that I can operate in life. Right. So of course we don't know anything for sure. And yet that's not how I live my life. Right. That's not how any of us live our lives. I don't live my life just sitting with maybe I'm a pedophile. Maybe I'm not. That's disingenuous. I live my life knowing that I'm not a pedophile, right? And so we don't, in asking our our patients to sit with the uncertainty that maybe they're a pedophile, I think ICBT would take issue with that because we don't do that either, right? So let's help people reach that functional certainty. Got it. Yeah, so it sounds like it's not that you're like compulsively reassuring yourself but from what you're saying, sounds like you're using the reasoning process to kind of understand why, like where that may be my vulnerability or insecurity mm-hmm. might make him out of because I actually really love children or families are really important to me or family values or whatever that is. Um, or maybe I had a difficult time as, as a kid in my family. And so now I have certain insecurities and vulnerabilities there. And so right. now my OCD brain is kind of attaching and attacking to that. But if exactly. I actually kind of like connect and kind of reflect on like, well, wait a minute, like, is this something I really want to do? Like, is this something I've ever done? Like, is this even remotely of interest to me? And kind of seeing that like, well, no, I haven't never done that. I never wanted to do that. Right. But of course the infamous OCD, but what if, what if you do? Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, um, 
ICBT then does what with that? So ICBT, the goal is to help people trust themselves, trust who they are and trust their senses. So we know that ICBT, we know that OCD kind of tends to manifest in these times where there's a lot of uh, vulnerability with identity, you know, when you're 19 or 20, when you're at that period of like transitioning from being dependent on your parents to being an adult out in the world, um, around the time of starting a family or being in a relationship, these are all times where our identities are shifting. And if you, for one reason or another, have kind of, you know, like I'm not even going to say if it's genetics or environment or whatever, but if you have sort of a tenuous identity, what's going to end up happening is that you will be prone to doubting certain situations and reading them, reading into them in a certain way. So let's say, for example, I have a story in my head that about myself that I am boring and nobody wants to spend time with me. How we, how I got to that story, you know, is something we can go into, but with that story in mind, I'm going to then interpret the world in a certain way. And if my friend doesn't want to spend time with me, instead of saying, okay, she just doesn't want to spend time with me because she has too much going on because she's in a bad mood, because whatever else it could be, my story about who I am and about how I assume people see me is going to lead me to believe she doesn't, it, I've done something wrong. I'm a bad person. She doesn't like me. This, this all, you know, it all provides evidence to that. So obsessions can be equated with doubts. And so when we look at the doubts, when we look at your series of doubts, what do they all indicate? If you're having doubts like, what if I harm my family? What if I ran over somebody? What if I get angry and lose control? Those kind of, there's a theme there, right? Which is, I'm a bad person who does bad things. Okay, so that's your lens. And if we can take a look at that lens, if we remove that lens and replaced it with a different story, you would have different inferences. You would make different interpretations about the world. So when we look at the what if question, we're looking at how did you, how, what led you to ask that question, right? Why are you asking that? So if you think about ACT and ERP, they look at the conclusion you come to. So rather than what if I ran over somebody, it would be if I did run over somebody, X, Y, and Z would happen. So ACT would target how that would make you feel and being able to sit with that feeling, those feelings. And then ERP would look at the, those thoughts um, or that potentiality. Mm -hmm. And ICBT says, wait, why are you even asking that question in the first place? Most people don't hit bumps and wonder if they hit someone, Right. And so that's where the what if comes in. It, it all ties back to this sense of self, the story you've created about yourself that leads you to ask those questions, that leads you to have those doubts because they aren't random, right? They mm -hmm. come from this deeper place based on your history, your experience, 
whatever it is that has led to this story that got you there. Yeah. And I mean, again, that, that is a different concept, right? Because with ERP or ACT, you know, we do see that, you know, obsessions kind of pop in and then you respond to them and then basically everything after follows. And so how can we change your response strategy and everything you're saying Mm -hmm. here with ICBT is that we don't even go that deep down that pathway. We kind of really want to catch all the stuff way on the front end. Right. you know, I've also heard you say different words like doubts, uncertainty. <clears throat> Can you speak a little bit about that and kind of what's the difference or kind of what, yeah, just what those concepts Yeah, difference mean. between doubt and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're used a lot interchangeably with amongst us OCD therapists, but mm-hmm. they're actually different concepts. So the way I explain it to, to clients is uncertainty is about missing information or like a lack of confidence. So I am uncertain about someone's last name, or I'm uncertain of an address, or I'm uncertain about the time this event starts, right? So those are all things that can be found out. How do I find out when this thing starts? Well, I just look it up, or I call the place, or how do I find out someone's last name? I ask them, or how do I find out an address? I look it up. They all have, there is evidence that exists in reality, And whether or not, for some reason, I maybe can't find out that information, in theory, it exists, right? I don't doubt someone's last name. I don't doubt an event when it starts, right? I don't doubt someone's someone's address. What I doubt are possibilities. Because if I were looking to the real world, I would be dealing with uncertainty, when you, when you deal with doubt, you're looking to possibility and the imagination. And so a what-if question is a doubt question. And the issue with doubt questions is that we're no longer looking to reality to get our questions answered. We're looking into the imagination. And when you look into the imagination for, for evidence, you're kind of, you're limitless, Right. When you are when you're trying to find information in reality, you are quite limited. Right. Like something has to exist. But if you're dealing with the imagination, anything is possible. And so that's why you see one doubt leading to another doubt, leading to another doubt, leading to another doubt. If you're looking in reality, that gets cut short pretty quickly. Um, because reality right, like you can have infinite grounding. possibilities about like d- infinite kind of what if scenarios, right? Which we right. all know for folks with OCD. And I mean, I have OCD myself. So I'd like, for sure, you, you I definitely have seen my own brain go into kind of a spiral of, you know, bazillion different what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, or it must be this, or maybe it's that. And you're basically kind of doing a lot of hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, right, you're not in the, you're not actually in the here and now kind of get wrapped up in your own mind if you will Um, right so that leads me to yeah no no go ahead well I was gonna say like that that's an interesting right concept to to also talk about like what about when you know we have people who will say things like you know but I feel right like I feel a groinal response or I feel something in my body or um you know I did have something happen right um so I know that that occurred. So that's not me just imagining that scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are a couple of different questions. So to, to tackle the last one. Um, so I had OCD as a kid and it started 
because of an event, because of something that happened to me. And I assumed again, that that was always happening still. It had to do with like be eating poison and having to go to the hospital. And, um, and I ended up thinking, Oh no, what if I touch this and it touched something that touched this, that touched poison. And it was all the time. Right. And I could say, well, I, but I have this evidence it happened. So how do I know it? It couldn't happen again. Well, do we, do we use that line of thinking for anything else? Like, do we say, um, I, I got hit by a car, so I'm not going to get in the car because, or I'm not going to cross the street because I could get hit again. Or we don't use past events as evidence for them occurring again necessarily right like because if we did i mean that's just not how we operate right like yeah we use it very selectively and there's this concept of selectivity of the doubt so focusing on okay well why is this why do you use that reasoning differently for this and not for this and that tells you okay this has to do with ocd this isn't actual evidence. This is information that you're using to support a conclusion you've already come to, right? Mm. And then the previous question was um, like physical sensations. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to think that we get physical sensations and then come to conclusions about that. It's the other way, right? We have an idea in our head, we have a story in our head, and then we scan and we notice, and then we freak out. Right. And even if it's a very like quick process, it doesn't come out of nowhere. And then we notice it. It's the other way. So somebody who is um, worried about getting a grinal response about someone who's of the gender, they like normally don't think of themselves as attracted to, they're going to be scanning their body. Someone who doesn't have that isn't going to be paying attention. And if you're not paying attention to something, you're not going to notice, right? So it kind of, it sets you up for failure. This story does, because if you've come to the conclusion, if you've decided how things are going to turn out, you can find evidence for anything, right? Like even with the sun example, I can, I can come up with a ton of quote unquote evidence for why the sun's not going to come up tomorrow, right? Like it set earlier last night than it did the night before. Right. So, and that just keeps happening. So how do I know it's going to even like come up at all? And it's been, it's been rising later and, you know, you can, you can find evidence in quotes, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's because you've come to a conclusion afterwards. So back to the grinal response. So if you have a fear that something's going to happen and then you scan, you will find what you're looking for. Right. But you don't, you don't get there. You you don't come to the conclusion before finding the evidence, if you're going to be accurate. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like going back to what you said earlier, right. Is that you have a story already or that a certain vulnerability and security, whatever, and you have a story about it. And then let's say, because of that, um, now you start to, let's say, be hyper-focused, right? Where people can start to like be constantly checking, checking, checking. Um, 
because like you just said, they're looking to see like, is this true? Is it accurate? You know, do I feel something? Do I not? I, I do feel stuff. Um, and that kind of feeds more and more into that story that they're having in their mind about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, with me, when I was a little girl and I, I thought I had, I did have to go to the hospital because I ate a poisonous plant and I got it in my head. The story was, it makes your heart explode. And so afterwards I was always worried my heart was going to explode because somehow I had gotten, I had ingested the, the poison again and I would lie in my bed with my hand on my heart and it would just be pounding and I'd be waiting for it to explode, right? Like, oh my God, there's my evidence. My heart is pounding. Well, of course, it's pounding because I'm scared, right? But I could use that as, to me, it seemed like very viable. It, hey, it's physical evidence that, that something terrible is about to happen. My heart is on its way to exploding. But would I have used that evidence had I not come to the conclusion already? No. Right. I found evidence because I already had that story. And if you have a story, it's like wearing glasses, right? If you have glasses that have a blue tinge on them, you're going to see a lot of blue things, right? That you wouldn't consider blue if you had the glasses off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, thank you for talking through these things. I mean, I, as we know, I think ICBT is um, inference-based cognitive behavioral therapy is, kind of getting more traction and it, there's a lot of questions and I think there's a sure. lot of right I think misunderstanding of oh we're going to you know go and start to reason with our OCD logic and kind of do all this stuff but it's like it's actually not that at all it, no. it's it's, a, it's about more inquiring about what your vulnerability is that actually informs kind of how you're thinking about things and it sounds like how you're interpreting things which then informs kind of the rest of um, kind of what happens. And so it sounds like in this process, you're not um, entertaining um, uncertainty, which is definitely a big, you know, pivot. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're not necessarily doing even exposures, it sounds like, or response prevention, are you? So you don't have to with IBT. Um, You can, the way that I do in corporate exposures is okay let's expose you to the situation that you've typically when you've been in you've gone into your imagination let's get you back in that situation and so you can practice staying grounded in the here and now so let's go driving and on a bumpy road or where there's lots of pedestrians and in the past that would have just created you know it would would have fed right into that story. Let's go feel those bumps and stay grounded in the here and now, not go into your imagination. So it's, it's different than trying to induce anxiety and learning to sit with anxiety. No, let's not be anxious because there's nothing to be anxious about. If you stay grounded in the here and now, there's nothing, you know, there's no reason to be anxious. And so that's a a really key difference is with the inhibitory learning model, the goal is to have a different relationship with these experiences and to learn that you can have discomfort, sit with it, and it's not going to break you. You'll be okay. 
With ICBT, it's no, let's not have those experiences if they're based on something made up, right? So with exposures, it's okay, let's go through these experiences that would normally trigger you and practice staying in reality, not going into your imagination. Got it. Yeah, very, very different. But um, I think it's very exciting. Um, I mean, I, I, I thank you so much for coming on and just talking through this and sharing all the stuff and sharing your own personal experiences. Um, I think lastly, you know, I want to ask you, you know, what's something you would like to leave our audience with in terms of, you know, motivation, words of wisdom, anything that you'd like to let people know? Yeah, I think I think thinking about your story and the stories you carry with us with you, whether you have OCD or not, we all have stories. I have the story of myself as a therapist. I have the story of myself as a dog lover. I have, you know, we just all have these stories, Um, but they are flexible, right? And I have this diagram that I made where it's a bunch of dots and I connected the dots in a certain way. And then I connected different dots in a different way. And both of those are, are, you know, both of those are stories, right? And you can, you can pick and choose how you connect the dots in your life and how you, how you engage with the world. And why not pick a story that is more in line with your senses, with reality, than one that's in your imagination? So I guess I would just encourage people to take a look at their stories and realize just how powerful our stories are and that maybe you're dealing with one that isn't helping. Hmm. Beautifully said. And how can people find you? So on my website, um, katherinegoldhouse.com, I have a couple articles up there and I'm doing some training. Um, And yeah, feel free to reach out to me with questions about ICBT. I love talking about this stuff. So Yeah, I'm happy to answer questions. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you have any questions you want me to answer in future podcasts or any other comments, you can go to coreresults.com backslash contact backslash. That's coreresults, K-O-R-R-E-S-U-L-T-S dot com backslash contact.